Good morning and welcome back to Living with Emuna, our weekly support group, our weekly series to remind ourselves that we don't have to go at it alone, that we don't live in a world that is random or chance, but there is a creator, there is an almighty who orchestrates, who choreographs, who puts it all together and to whom we are so grateful and so appreciative and we turn and dive in regularly. I want to thank our Emuna sponsors for the year, our friends Dr. Zavi and Bella Morgan in memory of Rabbi Dr. Brian Galbert and in memory of Bella's mother, Dr. Ellen Shanzer. Thank you so much for your generous sponsorship. Also, today's shir is sponsored by uh, Avian Bracha Weberman in commemoration of the fourth year outside of Rabbi Rishel, Harav Yosef Pinchas Ben Mordechai. So much uh, thank you to the Weberman. Rabbi Rishel was a wonderful, beloved member of our community who was in Chinuch, shaped so many minds and uh, really inspired so many generations. And uh, we miss him, his Neshama Shadav and Aliyah. And also by Colin Stein, Hilia Ostrovsky, Ruth Sederwitz, and families to Marta Shloshima, their beloved wife and mother, Fega Bas Moshe. And of course, uh, Ava Stein was a very special woman, also filled with emuna and faith, lived it each and every day, even through her hardship, her neshama should have an aliyah as well. Thank you for your sponsorship. Before we dive back into Bayam Derechach or Vichemeyer Morgenstern and uh, the notion of Dveikas, how we can cling and attach ourselves to Hashem, I want to take a detour to look at a beautiful Sfas Emes. A beautiful Sfas Emes. And of course, we dedicate our learning to our brothers and sisters in Israel, many of whom spent the night in bomb shelters, as six, seven hundred rockets rain down, so evil, so unjust, so wicked, so nefarious, the world needs to stand up, needs to confront Hamas. We daven for their safety, their security, and for peace and for calm. So Rav Avim Shor quotes from the Sfasem, it's a very, very beautiful idea. And he writes the following, as we are preparing, we're marching, we're counting down to Matan Torah, we're going to stand together at the base of the mountain, united to receive that Torah again, the greatest moment of revelation of all time, when Hashem showed His face and revealed Himself in an unprecedented and unparalleled way. I'm reading Rav Avim Shor. We have to believe in these holidays. We believe in their energy in our calendar. We believe in their significance and we can draw from, benefit from, be enriched by their light. We're not just commemorating something of the past. We're not just reliving something historical. We're not marking it nostalgically. We're not looking back on something, but rather we're living it in the present. That historical event revealed that embedded on the calendar, embedded on those dates, on those days, is that energy. Pesach is about freedom and liberty and emancipation. Svira Saomer is about that march, that count towards self-improvement, towards growth, self-perfection. Shavuos, we're going to be at the mountain. We're not commemorating. We are not recreating. We're not as if receiving the Torah. We are receiving the Torah. As it says, a person is mevaza the moados. If you dismiss or if you demean or if you somehow um, dilute or distort the holidays. If you don't tap into them, you're not invested in them, you're not transformed by them. If we don't understand them, if to us it's just about the recipes and the cooking, it's just about the days taking off from work and the taking away from our vacation days, if it's about finding the machsar and taking it off the shelf, if that's all the holidays mean to us, we're mevaza the holidays, then we have demeaned and we have um, insulted the holidays, it's as if we've worshipped an idol. 
we're doing some other religion. If you don't understand and you don't identify and you don't tap into the energy unique to each holiday, then you're worshiping some other religion. It's not Yadus, it's not Torah, it's not Judaism. It's not the Geshmak to be a year of understanding each and every holiday. So a person who believes in the holidays, there's no barrier, there's no mask. That person is fully invested in, is, is marinated in. That person is fully immersed in that holiday, in what it's about, in tapping into it, in living it, in experiencing it in real time. Not commemorative, not nostalgic, not historical, but rather in real time. Similarly, we need to believe the preparation the Jewish people did before receiving the Torah. From the beginning of the month, Rosh Chodesh. Today is Rosh Chodesh, a good Chodesh. It's the beginning of the month of Sivan. We have now really the countdown to Sinai, the countdown to Revelation, the countdown to Kabbalah Torah. It's from Rosh Chodesh, the beginning of the month of Sivan. That on this day, Shabbat Shalom, Bar Sinai. On this day, they arrived in Sinai. Nishar Hakoach Biyamam Elu Ledoros. That power has remained for generations. Lahachin Lamatan Torah. We can prepare, we can get ready. That excitement before a simcha, the excitement before a vacation, the excitement before a major milestone, the excitement before you start a new job, that excitement for Matan Torah. It's not reliving the excitement, it's getting excited right now because we're going to actually receive the Torah. Sfas says, this is the part I wanted to share with you. The Pasuk says, On this day, they came Midbar Sinai. It doesn't say Bayom Hahu. It doesn't say on that day they came to the midbar to receive the Torah. It says Bayom Hazeh. On this day, Ki Hayom Adayin Kayam. Because that this day is still going. This day, the freshness, the newness. We can point our calendar, Outlook, Google, whatever calendar you use. Hayom. Not historically, not in the past. Not once upon a time, but right now. We can take that journey. The journey the Jewish people took so many years ago, we can follow in their footsteps and we can take that journey. And the words of the Sfasemis are, The preparation, the anticipation, the excitement for the holiday for Shavuos, for Kabbalah Torah, it wasn't once upon a time, it's each and every year. As it says, Bayom Hazeb Ba'u, on this day they came. Like the day is standing before God in Shemaim. Rafidim was a place of Rifion. It was a place where we were soft. It was a place where we were doubtful. We had uncertainty. It was a place where we were casual. We can go from Rafidim, from Rifion, a newness, a fresh start. Today. So, my dear friends, today is Rosh Chodesh Sivan. It's the new month. Not Hachodesh Azeh, Hachodesh Azelachem. Newness, freshness, a new opportunity. Start again. The dream of who you are, who you want to become. The type of davening, the type of learning, the type of chesed, the type of mother, father, husband, wife, the type of son or daughter, the type of person we want to be. The type of Ben Torah Basto, or the type of experience of receiving the Torah. Will we extend our antenna? Will we return to Harsinai? Will we hear the Kol Gadov Yasaf? The message that Hashem 
the signal that he sent out so many years ago that if we extend our antenna, we can still pick up that broadcast. Will we extend our antenna? Will we tap into that Wi-Fi? Will we hear his voice still broadcasting, still resonating, still reverberating in our ears? The choice is up to us, but now is the time. You can't stumble into Shavuos and be ready to receive the Torah. You can't trip or fall in. You got to get ready. There's a hachana, There are the three days of getting ready. And there is Rosh Chodesh Sivan. There's Rosh Chodesh, the new Rosh Chodesh right now. And there's the Yom HaMiyuchas, the day in between. That's just significance is that it's in between. It has Yichas between Rosh Chodesh and the Yeshlosh Me'akbala, the three days of preparation, the Yom HaMiyuchas, the Yichas it has. So these days are days of getting ready. They're days of preparation. They're days of mindfulness. They're days of thoughtfulness. They're days of immersing ourselves. They're days of counting down. They're days of looking forward. And they're days of getting ready. Back to Biyam Derechach, or Vichamaya Morgenstern, and uh, on the Parak Dalat HaDrachim La'oris HaLev Lidvekos, this is some of the methodology. These are some of the ways and the paths that we can open up our heart, arouse our heart, awaken our heart in order to cling to Hashem, to feel His presence, to know He's there in those moments that we need Him, to never be filled with doubt, but to recognize that everything's from Hashem, that everything is from Hashem. Rabbi Maskowitz and I last week went to New York, uh, New Jersey for one day to pay a shiva call, the tragic uh, shiva call of uh, Donnie Morris, all of Shalom, whose grandparents are members of our shul and we know his extended family. And we flew in that morning. We were coming back that afternoon. It's my Amuna story for the week. And we took an Uber back to the airport. It was a long day. We were tired. We were talking. We actually happened to like each other very much, Rabbi Maskowitz. He's still passing the road test, and I hope I am for him. And um, we told the Uber driver which terminal, JetBlue, and we got to the airport, and he pulled over, and we got out, and we walked into the terminal, and we were already running late for the flight, but we didn't think we had nothing to check. We didn't even have overhead baggage, so we could be the last people, no worries. We were late for the flight, and we were in the wrong terminal. Neither of us had paid attention. We felt like fools. We got off at the wrong terminal, and now we had to run through the airport. Now we had to scramble. So we had to make it to the air train, make it to two more stops to the next terminal, get off, make it through security, and that was a whole thing. We had to go through security twice, what we forgot the whole time. We're mechazek one another, we're strengthening one another with the principles of living with Amuna. It's up to Hashem. For whatever reason, we were meant to get off at the wrong terminal. We should take responsibility. We should learn from it. Next time, not do it again. But it was the will of Hashem. Anyway, bottom line is we made it. Last people on board, one person behind us, but essentially the last people on board as the gate door was closing. And Baruch Hashem, we made it back. And all was well. Thank you, Hashem. Now, the story would have been a greater example of Amuna if we didn't make it and I still told you that was the will of Hashem it was meant to be that we not make it it was meant to be that we had to scramble fly later sleep over whatever the case may be but it's also an Amuna story when it works out and for that thank you Hashem we are so grateful so last week we left off on the Koach HaNigunim La'orer Dvekos the power of song the power of melody the power of music to stir the soul to open up the heart to feel to emote to be able to be present to disconnect from this world and to elevate and transcend and to lift our neshama up. And he writes, that was, we talked about finding that playlist. And many of you contacted Yocheved to get her, she's Kali Yisrael's DJ, I told you, and to get her playlist. I hope you're enjoying it. So to get that playlist, that moving, that meaningful, the playlist that stirs the soul. We should have set aside what are the nigunim, what are the tunes, what are the songs that we know that are tried and true and tested. Every time you want to enter a world of clinging to Hashem, we can arouse, we can awaken the heart. Just put on that song and it'll move you to tears. We said during davening and during learning, use a nigun, use a nigun while you're learning. Use a nigun for the davening that you're doing. 
The power of the tune, of a melody, is enormous. The power is tremendous. It's well known, the power of song, the power of melody, the power of music, but we forget and we need to remind ourselves. So that was all number one. Number two. Number two is Koach HaChazara Laorer Dveikos. Chazara. Chazara, Chazara, Nachamo Chazara. Tzarech Ladas is Godel Koach HaChazara. A person, a Jew, needs to know the power, the strength of review. She'al Yada Efshel Lahagil Laor Hadveikos. That when we review and review and review again, we're able to get to a place of light, of clinging to Hashem. Because Chazara, review, is a vessel. Review is a vehicle to be able to get into the world of Panemius, to get into the depth, to get into the light. When you learn something or you read something the very first time, you're processing it. It's the first time you're experiencing it. But once you've gone through it and you're going through it now a second time, a third time, a fourth time, you'll find nuance. You'll be able to really marinate in it. You'll be able to really be mindful. You'll be able to really meditate in it. You'll see things in it you didn't see the first time. It'll move you. It'll catch you in ways it didn't the first time. So Chazara, when you see it the first time, it's your first impression. But when you review and you review over again, you make a kinyan. You acquire the thing you're learning, the thing you're reading, or the part of davening that you're doing. You know, when people have said to me, you know, davening, we say the same words over and over and over again. Davening gets pretty repetitive. Davening is uh, over and over again. Why can't we uh, mix it up? Why don't we mix up the davening? And I say, you know, sometimes there are people who listen to the same song over and again, and they read the same book, and there are people who watch, if kosher appropriate, the same movie over and over again, and they get a geschmack, they hear the same joke over and over again, they hear the story over and over again, and they say they love it, because you know where it's going, and you know where it's headed, and you know the punchline, or you know the ending of the story, or you know the ending of the book of the movie, you know the ending of the song, you know the rhythm and the cadence of the song, and so it moves you. Sometimes when you do chazara, when you know what to expect, and it enables and helps you be able to anticipate it and get ready for it, it makes it more enjoyable. It makes it more of an experience. Whether it's through the learning of Torah that a person has to review, to say the words over and over again, and to, to take a moment to think. You know, when we read, we usually just try to turn pages, turn pages, turn pages, turn pages, and finish and finish, and make a siyam and a siyam and a siyam. But how about going back? How about stopping and thinking, you know? Huh, I just read that. I just learned that. I just listened to that. How does that make me think about it differently now than I thought about it before? How does it move me? How am I changed by it? What will I now do differently? Do we process? And do we have a plan? And do we execute on what we've learned? Do we absorb it? Do we process it? Or are we in super speed? Boom, boom, boom. Next book, next article, next shir, next chavrusa, next daf. Are we just moving in over time? You know, there are people who, they've read their favorite book over and over again, and every time they'll tell you they saw something new. And in learning Torah, they've been through Shah several times, they always see something new. And in davening, there's another pasuk, there's another phrase, there's another clause that jumps out, because you're a different you today than you were yesterday, and then you'll be tomorrow. And each day, given who we are and what we're going through and what's on our mind, different things and different thoughts, and we'll filter it and we'll process it through different prisms, we'll understand it in different ways. So if you want to attach yourself and cling yourself to the light of Torah, you want to attach yourself to the ideas, the messages, the value, you want to have a breakthrough to connect and to cling to Hashem, to think and to be different afterwards, then you need to do Chazara. We need to do Chazara. We need to review. We need to go over again. You know, before this year, we have the 10 minutes of meaning. We're going through Mesilas Sharm. And in the Mesilas Sharm, the Ramchal, in his introduction, says something which no author has ever written or would ever write. 
says that, um, says, don't buy my book if you're only going to read it once. If you're only going to read it once, don't buy my book. Buy my book if you're going to read it over and over and over again. Because the messages that are in my book says that Ramchal are obvious and they're well known. You know them already. How to behave, how to be virtuous, how to be noble. You know it. Problem is we forget it. The more obvious something is, and often the more important something is, the more we neglect it, the more we forget it, the more we take it for granted. So you got to review. You got to read. You got to review. You know, somebody who's using the 12-step program in order to overcome an addiction has to go to meetings. If you don't, you know, you know the meeting. You know exactly what's going to be said. You know the formula of the meeting. Why does it keep going to meetings? It's review. It's review. It's keep these things, these ideas. You got to keep coming back to them. Review, review, review. So whatever in life, the most important things in life, they need review. We spoke about trying to think about and meditate in the different names of God and what those names of God represent and signal and signify, what they symbolize the different energies of, of Hashem. Of Hashem. The footnote he writes, Different parts of Torah, the more you review them, you will merit and you will break through in different ways. When you review Tanakh, you will merit clinging to Hashem. It's a very interesting endorsement. When you learn Tanakh, it's a beautiful program, Tanakh Yomi, one parak a day, and you can complete Tanakh every year and a half. You can complete Tanakh, I don't remember exactly how long it is, but on a fairly short, regular basis. So the value of Tanakh is not just being familiar with our history. You read Tanakh not just to know the names, the places, the dates of our history, who were the prophets and who were the, um, and who were the judges and who were the kings. and who were the, It's not just to know our history and uh, the destruction of the Batei Mikdash, the Megillahs, not just to know our history. When you read Tanakh, says Richard Meyer, when you realize history repeats itself, when you see the hand of Hashem unfolding in history, when you study Tanakh and you understand our characters, role models, paradigms, imperfect and fallible, and that way maybe even more role models and paradigms for us, but you see the hand of Hashem, and when you review Mishnah, Mishnah represents, Mishnah and Neshama are comprised of the same letters. person who attaches themselves to the oral, trado, oral Torah, oral tradition, person who attaches themselves and reviews Mishnah over and over again, learns to cling to God through love and through awe. You come to know God through His laws, His blueprint for His world. When you review the Gemara over and over again, then a person merits to get to a place where they've nullified the sense of I, the id, the ego. So you go from Asiya, Yitzia, and Bria, very deep, very mystical concepts. But back to the world of Chazara. The same is true when it comes to the world of conversing, dialoguing with God. You got to review, you got to review and review. A person gets stuck. You say, I have nothing to talk to Hashem about. I have nothing. Awkward silence with God. All is good. I don't know who that person is. Who doesn't have something to be grateful for, ask for, to think about. But to get to a point where um, a person gets stuck. So remember that car ride where you were pouring out your heart to God. Remember that ni'ilo, remember the kumzits, remember the fabrengen, remember the musaf, you remember that davening, you remember that moment. What was the conversation? How did you unburden yourself? What did it feel like? In what way did you connect? Odpam, odpam. You'll find when you review old conversations, when you revisit those conversations with God, those experiences with God, it will inspire new conversations. 
Who doesn't have what to talk to Hashem about? Who doesn't have? There's so much going on in our lives. There's so much to be grateful for. So much to appreciate the little things, the essential things, the things we've neglected and taken for granted. And who doesn't have what to ask for? Life has become so unpredictable. So unpredictable. It's just, it's unbelievable. It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, my daughter is in Israel for the year. Who would have thought when she went for a year in Israel, COVID, with all of its lockdowns and all of its challenges, Meron, that traumatic experience, the devastating, catastrophic losses, running into bomb shelter in a stranger's home on Yom Yerushalayim in the middle of town, sirens go off. Whoever, who knows what tomorrow brings to the daven that we and our children are safe, are secure, are healthy, are well. To daven for achdus that we just get along. To daven that it doesn't take enemies and rockets. It doesn't take catastrophes and death for us to feel empathy and connection and unity with one another. That we should be capable of feeling that only in a place of goodness. We should feel that out of a place of simcha. Who? Who's not waiting for the other shoe to drop in their life about bad news, God forbid a diagnosis or some other challenge, calamity, surprise? So much to daven for. So much to talk to Hashem about. It's not just the, the sitter, but it's the words we fill in in between. It's opening up our heart. And if we're stuck, if we're stifled, if we're struggling to find those words to start that conversation, then think about the last time you spoke. Think about the last amazing conversation. Think about the last time that you were moved so deeply and use that memory to try to trigger, to try to jog something, a new conversation now. This is a very important advice, says Richard Meyer. Because there are people who feel that they're very, very far away from dveikos. Not because they don't have a desire. You need an inner desire. You know, on Hashem, as much as there is to daven for, all of those pressures and anxieties and worries, all the to-do list and responsibilities and obligations, it puts a layer, a klipa, it puts a shell, a covering on an neshama. And sometimes we forget we have a neshama. Sometimes we can't find it and we struggle to nourish it and we're looking for it. And when the neshama is covered, last week we spoke about the, the light being covered by the dark cloud. Sometimes the neshama is covered by the baggage that we carry. Some people have baggage. They hate rabbis. They hate authority. Maybe there's a rabbi, a rabbit, and a teacher who failed them. And therefore they carry that forward and they, they bear that um, baggage against God and against all of Judaism now. So it's important to peel back the layers, to uncover the neshama, to let it breathe, to open it, to nourish it, to know it's there. And the suggestion for this, to review a lot on the words that we learn and the requests that we offer. And to review the feelings, to review the emotions, to review the connections, to review the moments until Hashem in His kindness will open up that inner feeling, that inner drive for us so that we want more and more and more of it. We'll do one more. The other thing that increases or promotes or arouses a sense of dveikos is to learn the type of literature which is going to make you do that. Learn, whatever area of learning, learning is such a primary, central um, part of Judaism, so critically important, but also learning specifically the type of Torah literature which will inspire us to cling to and connect with and feel His presence and feel His love and feel His support. I would add to that bio biographies, 
biographies of great people. You cannot read the biography of, of Mrs. Machlis Hanya Machlis without being transformed. I don't think you can. I don't think you could read Rebetzin Machlis's biography, her emuna, her profound faith, her unparalleled chesed, who she was. I don't think you could read it without being transformed. The biographies of people with great faith, biographies of Holocaust survivors, biographies of great rabbis and Rebetzins, of great people, of what they did and who they were and how they persevered and their tenacity and resiliency and how they lived with, with profound faith. When your faith is shaken, when your faith is wobbly, when you're struggling to feel connected to see Hashem, when there's the dark cloud or there's the layer over the neshama, read a biography. Attach yourself to an extraordinary person who's lived with faith through terribly hard times. And when you learn it, don't just read it superficially. Don't let it fall on, on your face while you're reading a Shabbos and you pass out in the middle of it and you read the same page over and over again and you don't remember what words you're even up to. But read it with an open heart and an open neshama. Absorb it and imbibe it. The more that you dig with the, in the depths of the heart, the deeper you dig, the greater the wellsprings will erupt. So deep inside of us is an neshama. It's hungry. Deep inside of us is an neshama. It's yearning. It's yearning to come close to Hashem. It wants to be nourished. It wants to be nourished with beautiful music and heartwarming melodies. It wants to be nourished with, with nostalgic memories of connecting to Hashem and talking to Him, which will inspire us to talk to Him again. And it wants to be nourished by reading the type of literature which will inspire us. Because we think nobody really lived that way, and we're not capable of living that way. So we have to remember and remind ourselves that there were people, and there are people, and we are capable of it. Read biographies. Biographies are game-changing. When Dr. Tal ben Shachar, who taught the most popular class at Harvard's History on Happiness, when he spoke in our shul, an Israeli professor, and he spoke about a traditional Jew, and he spoke about... Um, he spoke about the self-help genre of which he studies, happiness, and he's written. But he says, if you want to be happy, don't read self-help books, guides to happiness. If you want happiness, read biographies. You want to build resilience, which leads to happiness, read biographies. Read biographies. They're extraordinary biographies. All next time, please, God, please, to share a list of some of the biographies that have impacted me. There are biographies of great people, and uh, they open our mind to the possibilities within us. And they become the precedent that we can stand on their shoulders or we can walk in their footsteps, we can follow in their way. We can believe that we too are capable of it. It opens up our minds, it opens up our heart, but we have to be in a position, we have to be in a place where it's going to touch us and touch us very deeply. We're going to leave it here for today. Wishing everyone a, a good yantif, a beautiful Matan Torah, Kabbalah Satorah. We should truly receive the Torah, not ki'ilu, not nostalgically, not historically, not as if but to truly be receiving the Torah anew, fresh, in these days of preparation, a good chodesh, a new beginning, a fresh start, that we should truly be preparing to transform ourselves in order to receive Hashem's holy signal. Join us tonight behind the beam at 9 p.m. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy.